Hi everybody, it's Janella, Mo, and Samantha, and we're back with another episode that you don't wanna miss on the Deeper Than Tech podcast, where we talk about how to grow your career in an industry that was not designed with us in mind. In today's episode, we're gonna be talking about how to have effective meetings, especially in tech. We'll be diving deep into this topic, but before we begin, make sure you pause this video or podcast episode, click that like button and give us a nice review and share it with your coworkers. Meetings are an important part of any work environment. They can be a great opportunity to hear what is going on in the company or a great way to brainstorm new ideas. And if you're not careful, meetings can become a time-consuming, unproductive, and frustrating experience. Why do you think meetings are so ineffective in the first place? I have so many reasons. <laughs> Could have been an email, that's why. <laughs> I love that one. Yes, give me an email, please. No, for real, it could be an email. It could be something you could ping in the chat because it could be something that's just a really quick misunderstanding. And now we on the call, digging deep, getting into details, confusing ourselves when sometimes all we need to do is read the question and we can give the answer instead of rambling on. So that's one point. I think sometimes if people aren't organized prior to the meeting, they just say, hey, I just want to meet so we can talk about this topic, but not really have what's the background on it, what did they expect to get out of the meeting, and then what's going to be the measurables to let us know that we've done something successful during this hour of our life that we can't get back. So organization prior to the meeting is a big thing. How do we form a meeting? There's like regular meetings, but then it's probably going to be ad hoc meetings. How do you know when to start ad hoc meeting? Like you're on Slack and you're messaging back and forth. Is that a time for a meeting? I think if I get into like a huge text paragraph, let's just hop on a meeting. Like I need to tell you this, but you know, Zoom has a feature where you can send a voice memo kind of like on the iPhone. So I use that sometimes with my team and you can listen as you're working and it is helped a lot for me personally, <laughs> but yeah, definitely at least maybe even still doing a mini agenda. Like if I'm about to text you a huge paragraph, maybe I'll say, Hey, let's hop on a call and discuss this, 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 and ping that instead of the huge paragraph. Maybe that'll help. I like the fact that you said like this, that, and the third, like you have an agenda. Should that be a requirement for every single meeting? Yes. Y'all answered that quick. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. In a time frame, let us know this is like an ad hoc meeting that's going to be at 15 minutes. I only need you for 10 minutes. Or, hey, you need to eat and hydrate before you get on this call because we're going to be here for at least two to three hours. You know, we need to know what the expectation is so we're mentally prepared for the meeting. And then you're going to get the most information out of us during that meeting. That's going to be helpful. Yeah. Or, or even, you know, if you're presenting a PowerPoint, go ahead and send it now. Ain't no sense in holding it and being a surprise. Send it now. So I can overlook it and then I can already have my questions ready. That's the worst one. And then that'll save us even more time. Yep. That's the worst one, Janella. When somebody comes in thinking they're giving you that razzle dazzle because I'm going to wait till you get here and then I'm going to have this demo for you. Like, you could have gave me the demo yesterday. I would have had some notes for you. This meeting could have been really quick. I mean, why do we have animation on the slide? I don't need this right now. Let's just keep moving. You got some feelings <laughs> about these PowerPoints that you get, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, just a little. <laughs> I had never heard of that, so, like asking somebody beforehand to send you their PowerPoint so you could just have the questions ready. I, I actually like that because I'm more of like a on your go question girl, but like if I have them prepared, 
Why not? It saves a lot of time. Speaking of time, how do you determine the right amount of time for a meeting? Ooh. <laughs> we have the same responses. Honestly, so for me, I I tend to overbook because people get to talking. And as a scrum master, I want a time box. And I'd rather give time back than say, okay, we need to cut here. If I feel like the meeting is going to, it needs to be 30 minutes, but I know I've got a lot to say, or I know the team may be curious about something specific. I might add an extra 15 on it. And then, Hey, if we end in 30, okay, we get 15 minutes back, but at least I try to account for the time. I absolutely love when I get my time back. That is my favorite thing. <laughs> when somebody's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you love it. And then you love it at the end because it's like, woo! <laughs> get to do nothing for 15 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, because the second that we go over, the second that you look at it, it is like 3.01, and you said this meeting is going to end at 3. Then you have this gruntle people all in your meeting because everybody's like, wrap it up, wrap it up. Where's the box? Hit the music. Let's go. So it's always good to overbook it. But um, I'm not a, a person that usually sets the meetings, but I would always think, like, whatever I'm trying to accomplish in the meeting if I know people are going to be more agreeable, then I have less time. But if I know it might be contentious and it might have a couple of questions and follow-ups, then we're going to need at least 30 to 45 minutes to discuss it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say it depends on the people in the room, how long it should be. Like some people have some, the gift of gab, you know, so you have to like account for that. And sometimes you want to invite everybody and everybody has a right to their opinion. So that's going to take even longer. But if you could like narrow it down to like two or three people, I would say like maybe no more than 30 minutes for a meeting. I mean, 15 minutes would be like ideal. So like trying to solve these problems fast. That's the goal of a meeting. That's why you will hop on something versus like just keep slacking back and forth to solve the goal very fast. So speaking about a lot of people and being in a meeting, and we all have their opinions, but not everybody will speak up in the meeting. Some people are very shy. Some people are very soft-spoken. How can you make sure that everybody's voice is heard? I call people out. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I am not that that very, I'm not that a uh, dictator scrum master. It's definitely in the tone. Um, I would say, hey, Brandon, did you have anything to add to this? What about you, Justin? What about you, Robert? Okay, cool. You know, because I I know sometimes if, if I'm in a space and people may think I'm an extrovert, okay, I'm an ambivert, whatever. But sometimes depending on the space, I don't, I may not want to speak up, but if somebody gave me the floor, then I may say a little something. So I know what it feels like to just kind of try to be in the background and don't let it be like remote and cameras are off. People are shy. Sometimes they feel like they're imposing or they may be saying the wrong thing. So giving somebody the floor specifically by name sometimes helps. And if they don't have anything to say, they just say no. I think a lot of the discussion might happen at the follow-up of the meeting. So just opening it up because a lot of people don't don't like to speak in front of others. So just opening it up and saying, hey, if you have any follow-up questions or any comments, feel free to email me or call me one-on-one, -on -one, you know. Just leaving the door open a little bit for a little discussion. But I don't know if that's helpful or that's hurtful because sometimes you do need the commentary from from everybody during that time frame. And it may not be helpful if they add something after the fact. I, I'm not sure. I will say I also like it depending on the meeting, like I'll ping my developer separately, like, hey, you know, 
you good or do you do you have any thoughts on you know the meeting it may not be anything like a, a big deal but i still try to check in if i see that they're quiet because at that point it's not really about the meeting it's about like are you okay you know do i need to raise some concerns or something like that i've seen some type sometimes meetings will be like at the end of the meeting the, the facilitator would be like johnny do you have anything to say Yes, like you put your thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, Monica, do you have something to say? You know, they'll go through the list of people. I, I, I think it's helpful, but also like kind of a waste of time. I feel like we're all adults here. Speak up when you have something to say. <laughs> like we shouldn't be like in elementary school, but it could be helpful. I always just feel bad when I have something to say, but everybody's like closing down the meeting. So I will like not say what I have to say. So that happens as well, but... I don't want to waste. I do sometimes re reserve. I don't know if you guys do, but like it's called after party or parking lot. Like we get through the agenda, and then that last five minutes, that's when you kind of have that moment to speak. Okay, nobody's speaking. Okay, you know, Justin, Brandon, did you guys have? You know, that's when you can kind of have that moment to hopefully be able to ask your question. I love a parking lot in a meeting. I really do because. You never feel like, uh, sometimes you might feel like what you want to speak about is not appropriate during that time frame. So if you know there's a parking lot at the end, you just hold it in and you're like, okay, the parking lot, if people want to leave the meeting, they can, but at least I have a moment to speak about the topic or the things that I think we're missing on this project during that little 15 minutes. I love this parking lot idea. I have never heard of this before. What? Yeah, just giving or after party. Some people call it after party. I'm gonna call it after party. I'm gonna bring it up to my team, see how, what they say. I really like this idea because even though we have a solid agenda, sometimes it's easy for meetings to get derailed by topics off off the cuff tangents. What is the best way for the facilitator to keep everybody on track? That parking lot helps though because if somebody gets off topic, you'd be like, hey. Can you just hold that topic, don't forget about it, and bring it up during the parking lot or the after party? So that helps you, like, put, you know, the attention back on the main topic of the meeting. Uh, and I, I will, uh, look, the Scrum Masters, the OG Scrum Masters probably yelling at me, but I am a Scrum Master that tends to let my team talk until a certain point. So I'm, I'm because I'm always actively listening, and I know some things need to be, like, talked about in that moment. But I don't let it derail for, you know, thousands of minutes. Like, if it's a point that we need to talk about in a ticket, it was something that somebody did or said that may be outside of your status, say it because I understand how stuff just comes to mind. But you're not about to say, oh, let's, can I share the screen? Like, no. <laughs> we got to keep going. <laughs> then we're, we're parking it. But I, I do like to give my developers just an inch of time after their status if they have something that they need to say. That's awesome. So earlier, Janella, you mentioned about people and their cameras. It's remote work now. Is it important for everybody to have their cameras on during a meeting? Absolutely. I mean, we don't practice it with with my teams. I'm not like, oh, y'all put on your cameras. But I definitely think the body language, the smiles, the all of that definitely goes into getting to know the team especially if you got new people on the team, you've never seen them before. You might be next to them in the grocery store. You don't even know it. <laughs> like, I, I think it's essential to have that space every now and again. So for instance, with my teams, I had a cameras on working agreement and I made it into like a happy hour. So we got some things done by 
setting the standard of how we wanted to work. But it was like, okay, y'all, you know, if you want to get a beer, if you want to eat, like, let's do it. But try to have your cameras on at some point in time. It didn't have to be the whole time, but we started with cameras on. And in that moment, we we seen each other. We seen some people we had never seen before because their cameras was off the whole time. I'm like, I've been working with you for four months. I've never seen you before. And the slack emoji doesn't match their face. It's like, what? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> no. Like, so I, I think if you aren't going to have your cameras on and you do have more of a, uh, a relaxed team, at least having some type of dedicated time to see each other. I don't know. I'm kind of... Maybe it's the engineering me, and because my whole team, we never turn on the cameras. I'm kind of okay with cameras being off, and that might be a little bit because I'm the only woman, the only person of color, so I feel like when my camera is on, that they focus on me and not what I'm saying as much. They focus on what I look like, but when my camera's off, all they can like listen to and take in is the information that I'm giving them. Yeah. That's a... Ooh, that's a perspective that i didn't even think about that was a good point i'm sorry that you feel that way that's not good (laughs) that's terrible it's i mean but sometimes it's the nature of the game or they say something like oh you look different from your um your what's it called your profile pic or your icon oh your hair is curly like why do you focus on what i look like (laughs) i need to be focused on the fact that i said there's a bug here I'm still like overwhelmed by what you just said. So I'm just like taking it all in. Oh, and then there's also people with disabilities that are comfortable with turning their camera on because you got to remember we have a very, very um, talented people that are sometimes um, on the spectrum or they're more neuro- neurologically diverse. So even though we might feel like seeing somebody's smiley face, seeing somebody's uh, body language or how they speak, they're not comfortable with that because. How they what they're saying and what how they're relaying their message may not coincide with their body language, and it may not be what you expect them to do when they when they're speaking. So that can be you know difficult for some people. I will say that I I don't when I have the cameras on meetings. If you don't want to, that's totally fine because that's your business. In my tab with the brown voice, but. I want to give the opportunity because I do feel like on the opposite side of that, you've got folks who have their cameras off because others do. But when all actuality, they probably really do want to turn them on. So giving them the opportunity to be social, you know, because they've been antisocial because of the environment. So I personally mostly only turn my camera on when it's like one-on-one conversations. Cause I think that's important, but if it's like a big group meeting, and somebody's giving a presentation, I probably have my cam- camera off because I got other things to do while they're presenting. I feel bad, but... <laughs> you know, you know, multitasking? Multitasking. You know everybody does multitasking. Everybody's don't, don't look doing at me it. That's why we want the cameras off. <laughs> yeah. If your camera's you off... When the guy... Have you seen the meme? The guy looks like he's in the beach or in the water in Miami, and they're like, everybody turn the cameras on. He has a laptop in the water. He's like, ah, man. <laughs> no, I don't want to have to do this, but... <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I have to go find it. That's funny. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I think the only time that you should have your cameras on, at least, is with leadership. Like, if you're talking to your manager, let that man or woman see your face and see how serious you are about your job. I mean, and because when we were talking about in past episodes, you you want to talk about promotions, you want to get that feedback. I don't know what else you really would be talking to your manager about, I guess other things. But if you are talking about your performance, turn your camera on. 
I think this is a very great conversation. I love all the tips that y'all had about having, making sure we have effective meetings because everybody's time here is very valuable. Even all of our listeners' time is so valuable. So thank you so much for listening to the Deeper Than Tech podcast. If you could take some time to add some feedback to Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Twitter, we're everywhere. Make sure you give us some feedback. And until next time, bye. Oh, 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 oh,